We're talking about playoffs? Sports Interaction. You got to get in the game with Sports Interaction. Uh, you can bet live in-game or pre-game or uh, all your favorite hockey matchups, whatever we got. We're second round, baby. Let's go. It's going to be a fun one, and we want you to just have a little fun. Head over to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN, or you can download the app on the QR code. Just uh, snap a picture with it. Super easy. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. This is Agent Provocateur with Alan Walsh and Adam Wild. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Welcome to another episode of Agent Provocateur. Adam. Alan. Adam, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Adam! <laughs> you know, from a, and I know you're not a fan of any NHL team, but from a former Montreal Canadiens fan, a Ken Dryden fan, we'll say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alan, that means a lot for the the congratulations. Thank you. We're so thrilled. <laughs> you, you, you look in remarkably good shape considering everything. Well, I wish that I could go out and drink and party and enjoy this, uh, but... Uh, first off, the NHL scheduled game one tonight as of this recording, so it's two days later. And second, when you, as you know, when you have a four-year-old, you don't do anything fun. It's, <laughs> you're at home, and then as soon as they're in bed, you're like, man, I'm pretty tired. I could go to bed too. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, we're enjoying it during the day. I'm not going to lie, though. I'm a little nervous about tonight. I, I haven't experienced a second-round Leafs playoff game since I was in grade 10. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Kind of crazy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I'm I'm really happy for you and you. and all the guys in the network, and uh, I I know that you guys still bleed Toronto Maple Leaf blue. Yes. <laughs> and while I have a difficult time comprehending it all, <laughs> I I do appreciate the fandom and the um the the relief in winning a round. So mm. congratulations. And let's jump right into this episode. Yeah, so so you have a plan for and recommendations for something that have, I think it's been plaguing the NHL and it's been driving fans crazy. And I'm actually surprised that it doesn't affect uh, betting odds in, in Vegas. Um, it's the officiating in the NHL. It's been a topic of conversation, especially in the last, I would say, three playoffs where things like objectively bad calls or no calls um, have taken place. And we're starting to see it bleed into the regular season as well. So it's not just the playoffs. So I, I, how do you want to attack this? Is this, would you frame this as if, if I were commissioner, this is what I would do. Is it a few, a three-step plan? How do you want to do this? So I, I think first you need to admit there's a problem. <laughs> and yeah, and, no kidding. <laughs> and 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 what's the problem? Like you said, missed calls, uh, bad calls, makeup calls to make up for missed calls, and it is plaguing games. Mm -hmm. And and you're seeing a a devolution of the product, a a a, 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 a way that the NHL game as it's presented is being mocked. It, I, I think the NHL should be humiliated with what's going on. And, and, and until you at least admit that there's a problem, right? Where do you even go from there? Mm -hmm. And all you hear from the NHL commissioner, 
whose name I won't say right now because people think I say it too often. <laughs> um, all you hear is, we have the best officials in the world. We have the best officials in the world. There's no problem. How dare anybody even suggest there's a problem? We have the best officials in the world. And until, and there are some people who believe that, although I think now that's in a distinct minority. Yeah, I was I think, just going to say, that's a pretty small list of people that are probably directly salaried by the person saying that. Yeah, so I, I, I think that um, now when the commissioner says that, people roll their eyes mm -hmm. because we all know better, right? So, so I think first it's admitting that we have an, a problem and now let's dig down a little deeper. Where does it come from? Well, there is certainly a level of corporate arrogance that exists um, in the NHL uh, and understand, understand the structure of the NHL is centralized in these kinds of issues in NHL New York. Mm -hmm. All right. That's, that's Gary Bettman, Bill Daly, Colin Campbell, Stephen Walcom, when we're talking about the officials, right? And they are all about maintaining power and control over the game. They don't want to hear what the media thinks about the officiating. They don't really care what the fans are thinking about the officiating. You, you know, Rome, Rome is burning. And what you get from them is, what? There's no problem here. We have the best officials in the world. Do you so, think do you think internally that's what they actually believe? I think internally there are so many things they could do. Simple things they could do to improve the overall product that's on the ice. Right? They can fix the officiating problem, but they 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 don't care. Mm -hmm. what people think they don't they really don't care what the fans think and i don't want to go too far in this direction as an aside but just look at gary's reaction to the virtual virtual dashboard ads uh you've got example after example of them interfering with the experience of watching a game uh on tv it's distracting um, it, it has failed in many instances where you get a strobe light effect. It has erased players going into the boards. Mm -hmm. And, and what is, what does Gary say when asked about it? Um, the one time he actually responded to someone's question about it, he said, we've done fan surveys and they love it. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to know, I want to meet. That that one fan who 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 actually said, "I enjoy watching that little car zoom around the boards while I'm trying to watch a hockey game." Yeah, I want to I want to meet that guy. I want to meet the person that says, "I love ads." Period. <laughs> like, come on, exactly. I want a network. I know. Come on, <laughs> exactly. So I I mean when you when you when you hear that, you have to say, you know, like, are, are we fools? Mm -hmm. Are we fools? 
you know, show some respect to the audience, show some respect to the fans, show some respect to the media, right? The ones that aren't in the pocket of the NHL, right? Power and control. Um, so that's, that's where we are right now. And now we have to talk about, you know, where do we go from here? How do we, how do we, beyond just identifying the problem, what can we do to fix it? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that one of the things we have to look at when we're looking at the overall situation is where do the officials in the NHL come from? Most of them have made their way through the East Coast League to the American League to the NHL. And in many, many cases, and I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody, I usually don't do that if you know me. <laughs> I'm, I'm not about offending anybody or saying what I really think. You've got washed up officials who move on from the East Coast League to the American League just based on seniority who end up in the NHL. And that's what we got. That's what we got. Where is the investment in R&D that it will take to have the officials developing their game? They have a game. Where do we have the R&D investment into officials developing their game to keep up with the fact that the NHL game has never been faster? has never been more skilled. And it's the skill that sells. It's the skill that puts people in the seats. It's the skill that has people turning games on to watch on TV. Not the guy hooking the guy with skill. Not the guy tripping the guy with skill. It's the skill that sells. And the NHL still does not have their arms around that fact. So so then just for people that don't know cuz I honestly don't. I know that officials start and they'll they'll start locally. They could start in like single A, double A, triple A in local towns and, and cities. Um is there like a an officials school? Do you go is there any sort of course that you can take that is officially NHL to get is there an exam that they take to be hired in the NHL? Like how do you become an actual NHL official? Well, it, it, the, the way you become an official is to work your way up through the minor leagues. Okay. Okay. That's the way you get to the NHL and you're being evaluated every step of the way. There isn't an official in the East Coast League or American League that doesn't want to get to the NHL. Mm-hmm. But really, until you get to the NHL, um, um, minor league officials are are – not paid a full-time livable wage. Okay. Okay. So you need to make it attractive to people to want to do it. Mm -hmm. And then there has to be competition amongst a group of people to be the best. And, and one way to get to one way, I think to fix this problem is the NHL, should just buy the American League. Okay. Right? Okay. You buy it and own it. And you and you employ all the officials in the American League are yours. 
Okay. And, and, and now you've got your own farm system that you're running to train officials to hopefully work their way up to the National Hockey League. So you have a $6 billion industry and minimal investment in developing officials to the NHL. You know, you look at the NFL and all NFL officials are full-time employees of the NFL. They work 16 to 18 days a year, right? It's mind-blowing. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. That's a good point. But, but, but they put, but they put incredible resources into the way games are called and, and, you know, I have to take my hat off to them. I respect that. I admire that. Mm-hmm. They put a damn good product on the field. And, you know, watching games right now in the playoffs has been maddening because there literally isn't a game that goes by where I don't see, you know, blatant miscalls or, or phantom tripping penalties called. Mm-hmm. or even something as simple as blown icing calls. There's one recent playoff game. There were three blown icing calls in the third period. Right. You, you know, what is going on here? Now, How hard is it to call an icing? And I, I think it's important. First off, it's not hard. Not hard. <laughs> the second thing is, is that the game does happen very fast. And if it's going to be refed by humans until we get robo umpire, umpires like they have in tennis... Um, there are going to be mistakes, uh, but perfection should still be the goal, even if it's unobtainable. And I think when we look at, uh, when we look at what you're talking about there, you know, that's, that's something right off the bat that I don't think most people know. How do you get an official? How do you develop an official? The second thing is, and and I'm going to reference a game that happened last night as of the time of this recording. So we got game seven, New York, New Jersey, right? Hotly contested game, tons of interest. Major market New York Rangers against small market New Jersey Devils. Huge for American matchups. Fantastic. Um, you there are, there are two plays I want to reference. The first one, Jesper Bratt takes a stick right to the face. The official's looking right at him. But because it's a game seven, he's not going to have that call. Because the calls are even. And he's just not going to get that call. I don't want to ask you about that specific play. What I want to ask you about is the evening up of calls. What are your thoughts on that? Why does the NHL do it? That's a that's a great question. When uh when, you know, I could almost feel when the scores 4 to 1 for the for the visiting team uh in the third period, the home team is getting penalized. Yeah. Right? All of a sudden the refs that have been off the whistle are now on the whistle. And I've had so many people ask me, you know, hey, Alan, is there bias here? Do you think the word comes from upstairs to favor one team over the other? There are people that believe that. There are people that believe these games are being called in a way to favor a team or to hurt a team. And I can tell you right now, that's bullshit. Okay. All right. There is no bias out there. There is no um, organized um, um, 
um, philosophy or, or action that's been decided, hey, go out there and let's, let's get this team to win this series mm -hmm. and let's call the game and try to give them as much of a boost as we can. That does not happen. It's not bias. It's incompetence. And, and, you know, I know refs in the NH. I know officials. I know linesmen. And they might be uh, pissed off hearing me call them incompetent. At the same time, I have great respect for them. It's not their fault. I mean, I've been down below before an NHL game. And, you know, we've all seen the photos and maybe a quick video of the players in a circle kicking around a soccer ball, warming up. You know what? The, the officials are doing the same thing in their little area. They're warming up too. The, the, the game, I mean, they're on the ice going the entire game. It's, an ex right? it's a very extreme sport. No question about it. And they have to be in phenomenal shape, phenomenal shape. And and they they prepare, they take pregame naps, they 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 eat certain foods before games to be ready. You know, there's nutrition, there's sleep, they have to deal with travel sometimes. There's all and and they they're they're conscientious, they take their job seriously. But while I say there's no organized bias impacting games, one hundred percent the 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 directive from upstairs in in the playoffs especially is hey guys put your fucking whistles away so you think that there's like a meeting are you saying there's a meeting beforehand where they say just a reminder this is the playoffs stop calling stuff yes to stop calling stuff the way you did in the regular season Right. And, and, and now that you, you hear that and start thinking about what we've seen in the first round, mm -hmm. I, I think it makes some sense, maybe even a lot of sense that that is in fact what's going on. Because so I'm, second because I'm telling you, I'm telling you that is going on. So is your second point of change then, if you were, if this were up to you and this is how you, you fix the officiating, you put an end to that? Because there 100%. are some people that say, we love the fact that the whistles go away because they actually play and it doesn't stop the game. What would you say to them? It does stop the game. It, it, it stifles the skill that's out on the ice, mm -hmm. you know, because that's, that's why people are watching the games. And, and if, if slashes and hooks and and trips and high sticks are not being called, right? If the refs are sitting on their whistles, we're not getting the game as it's supposed to be played. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not even going to, you know, some of the hits that we've seen that have been borderline, borderline headshots, mm -hmm. you know, or some of the hits we've seen that have been beyond borderline to egregious. I mean, we've, we've seen a broken neck. We've seen a broken neck. And just the, the hit last night. Uh, Truba on, which, um, on Timo Meyer. Right. So let's just take that hit for a second. People's opinions are all over the map.
Mm-hmm. There's a there's a significant group of people who feel that was a bad hit. That was a headshot. That was a dirty hit and 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 warranted a major penalty. There are other people who who think, well, he came through the middle and his head was down. Mm-hmm. So just because his head was down, he deserved to get his brain scrambled. That's the old school, hey kid, keep you your head up. up. Keep your head up. Yeah. Right? And and there is a significant group of people who feel like that. I'm I have a different perspective on it. I'm not gonna sit here and debate clean hit versus dirty hit. It's it's all in the eyes of the beholder based on the way the rules are written right now. What my argument is is the following. That hit, I don't care what people would call it based on the rules right now, that hit should be outlawed from the game. So here's what Dave Jackson from ESPN, who is a former NHL referee, yep. uh, we've DM'd back and forth a couple times. I have a tremendous respect for Dave, even though we disagree on a lot of points. And Dave's perspective is the perspective, and, a, and he's representative of what a referee would say if they could say something. They're not allowed to speak to the media. Media aren't allowed to s- s- talk to them. He said, uh, I stand by my comments last night. He said, the Truba hit was legal if you can accept that he was attempting a full body hit. The result was unfortunate. The refs interpreted the rule correctly. And the rule is as follows. It's rule 48, illegal check to the head. Yep. Such contact to the head, uh, sorry, uh, basically, as resulting in main contact with an opponent's head, where the head was the main point of contact and such contact to the head was avoidable is not permitted. In determining whether the contact with an opponent's head was avoidable, the circumstances of the hit uh, including the following shall be considered whether the player, and this is the important part, whether the player attempted to hit squarely through the opponent's body and the head was not picked as a result of poor timing, poor angle of approach or necessary extension of the body upward or outward. So essentially were you, were you aiming for the head or were you actually aiming for the body and the head just happened to be there? I think is, is the point. And the ability to make that decision in real time when players are skating it speeds up to 20 miles an hour is virtually impossible. So what do you right? do? And we had a whole episode last season with Ken Dryden who, who proposed, he wrote a book on this. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book on this. He's written articles about it. He came on our podcast and talked about it very eloquently. You, the NHL needs a, a strict liability rule banning and that's a really bad word i would say penalizing any blow to the head whether intentional incidental accidental if there's a blow to the head it needs to be called as a penalty the severity of the penalty commensurate with the severity of the injury Okay, that's it. That's the answer. And and while you're not, you know, you're 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 never going to get rid of all hits to the head. That's not the conversation that we're having. The 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 goal of that is to, as as Ken Dryden said, reduce 
reduce, reduce the incidence of blows to the head over the course of players' career. And you know what? Every time there's been a change, there's always been people, a significant amount of people. This is the end. The NHL will never be the same. And every single time, everyone adapts. The players adapt. The officials adapt. Everybody adapts. Players will hit. They'll still be hitting. Hockey will still be a physical game. Mm -hmm. I'm not advocating to take all hitting out of the game. I've never said that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that now. I've never heard any credible person say we should make any body check illegal. We sh but what we should do is any blow to the head or face with a shoulder, with a stick, with a glove, a punch, any blow to the head should be penalized and you will cut down dramatically on the incidence of blows to the head. Are you missing your favorite show because it's not available in your region? Trying to keep your private time private? Well, let me introduce you to NordVPN. If you're bored of Canadian streaming services, why not take the UK for a spin? Using NordVPN, uh, it's just the click of a button. You can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With over 5,000 server options, no show is out of your reach. Using our link right now, it's nordvpn.com slash agent P. You can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan and four free months. We love to binge, but privacy is also sort of a big deal, right? So NordVPN keeps your information encrypted. You'll never have to worry about your IP or your location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with new threat protection technology. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. And don't forget, there's literally no risk to try this. It's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try. If you like it, great. If you don't, they'll refund you the money, and you can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link. Again, it's nordvpn.com slash agentp to get your subscription started today. Get exclusive NordVPN access. Right now, it's nordvpn.com slash agentp. It's risk-free, 30 days, and your money-back guaranteed. So then bringing it to the officials here, and you, and you mentioned this earlier, you've acknowledged that it is hard to make that call in the split second. The, the proposal that a lot of people say is call a five-minute major, review it, and either reduce it or cancel the penalty. Do you think that NHL officials are afraid to do that? Well, they've been told not to do that. Okay. And, 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 the, and the reason why is pretty simple. The NHL doesn't want three hour plus games. Okay. And then you're going to have a situation like you have in baseball where um, they identified as a serious, serious issue that games were running too long. Right. So yeah. if you had Huge. three or four major penalties called in a period that were called for the purpose of reviewing, right. You've mm -hmm. got a pause in the action, and it could take another five minutes, uh, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes. You know, they got to skate over, put the headset on, get the iPads out, talk with each other, review the, review the incident, 
and and come to a decision, some of them take a while. Yeah. And and yeah. and if you're adding on, you know, 10 minutes, eight minutes a period, you might have games running an extra 20, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. And and the the powers that be constantly seeking power and control over everything deem three hour plus games unacceptable. Well, and it's because younger generations won't accept it. They just won't watch it, right? They won't watch it. So, right. so for the for in terms of fixing the the officiating, uh, what do you do in that that instance? What what's the what's the official to do? I was talking with the GM about this very issue, and he had an interesting idea. And he said that he's talked about it with a few other GMs, and that is have another official um, up up in the press box as an eye in the sky who is reviewing these plays um, um, and is able to make the call hmm. over the guys on the ice um, as there's a stoppage in play. Um, now, he acknowledged there's lots of issues with that, um, and it would still cause a pause um, and – a, a difficulty in communicating uh, between the guys on the ice and the eye in the sky in the box. Um, but maybe there's a way to incorporate that some point in the future. It's certainly rough and needs some development and more work. And it's something that would need to be um, battle tested in the minors to see the impact it would have on games. But I, I credit the person for thinking outside the box. Just right? try something. Exactly. <laughs> I, well, exactly. And, and, but it goes back to your first point, which is just acknowledge there's a problem in the first place. Absolutely. We'd have to acknowledge it, wouldn't we? we we'd have to acknowledge there's a problem. We'd so, have to acknowledge it. So then, so now, okay, so we've got, you know, acknowledging the problem, number one. Uh, uh, I think a better farm system, training system for officials, which in your opinion should include potentially buying the AHL, which I mean, the NHL basically controls it anyway. What's the big difference? Uh, and then, and then the ability somehow to, to pull, pull headshots out of the game and make those rules more clear. I think that's the key here. One of the things that gets brought up all the time, Alan, and I'm, I'm going to designate this as n at number four a little bit is, is the, uh, the rule book itself is, um, gray. It's it's not clear on purpose, so on that purpose. it leaves room for interpretation. There have been studies that have come out that have said if you want to rewrite the NHL rule book, it's going to be three years. And the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. Uh, the second best time is right now. Why does the NHL not even want to go down that road? Because they 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 sincerely don't feel there's a problem worth fixing. And, and that means it's not worth investing, mm -hmm. it's not worth acknowledging, and it's not worth doing anything to change. They're very happy with the way things are going. Mm. They don't really care about the fans or the media who are frustrated by the um, uh, uh, bad calls, missed calls, makeup calls. It's like, hey, live with it. Yeah, that's our that's part of our product. Live with it, and they they cannot see that improving the product 
will go a long way in also growing the game. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole goal here. They're, they're thrilled that they have a $6 billion business instead of lamenting the fact that they could have a $10 billion business. Right. And they're not, there's no one up there thinking, you know what, if only we did things differently, we would be a much bigger business right now. They're actually sitting there and saying, look at how far we've come. And we're now a $6 billion business. They don't see soccer nipping at their heels. They don't see all the other sports out there and what they're doing, innovating, growing. They're just very happy, and they have been for years with their incremental growth. You know, it's all about if we can just keep beating the shit out of the labor, Mm -hmm. right? It really... You know, 2% growth, 3% growth, that's fine. As long as we have our triple hard cap system and the players are only going to make so much, we're doing great. It wouldn't be agent provocateur if we didn't mention the triple hard cap. It just wouldn't. It would, it, it has, I, I, it's it, on the bingo card. It's been a couple of episodes since I brought it up, so I figured I need to. <laughs> so so when we go back to the, the, the officiating here, what's next on your list of things that, man, this is such an easy solve, they should just do it. What do you got? Well, I, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's that easy. Mm-hmm. I think well, it's, it's a process, ser- but like in terms of the steps that you would take. I, I, would, I would say make the refs more accountable, right? Because they're shielded. You, you, no, no one can ask them questions. No one will call them on the carpet. Um, GMs and coaches are threatened with significant fines. Mm-hmm. And have been they, fined. And have been fined for speaking out. You know, so I, I'm not, I'm not advocating a free for all, but a, a coach should be able to honestly look the media and the fan base in the eye and say the refs were the refs were shit tonight yeah. they were horrible and their incompetence cost us part of that cost us this game if that's honestly the way the coach feels if that's honestly the way the gm feels Sure, the response to that is quit your whining. You lost. And if you won, you wouldn't be complaining. Fair game. Fair game. I'm not getting in the middle of that. All I'm saying is you should take the handcuffs off, take the muzzle off, and allow people to speak their mind about what they saw. So when you, so, so number one, allow the players and the coaches and the GMs to speak their mind about what they saw. Number two, how do you feel about, and I believe the NBA has this, where they're able to ask officials a question and get clarification on why they made that call. I think it's like one question uh, and yeah. the officials get to write it out. It's very weird, but I mean, at least it's something. Are you suggesting something like that as well? Should the media be able to talk to the referees? What kind of system do you think could work? Uh, I definitely think part of making them accountable is having ha- having to ask, having questions asked, and having them required to answer after a game. Mm-hmm. Because now, now they're thinking. Now they're thinking. Oh, wait a second here. 
you know, if, if, if I put my whistle away uh, and I'm letting these calls go, or there's this big call that I've missed and I'm going to be stubborn about it and dig in, I'm going to have to justify it at, at some point post game. And I got, I, I don't want to do that. Right. 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 So mm-hmm. again, the more transparent you can be, the more accountable you can make the officials on the ice, the better the better called games we're going to get. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you know, Alan, I think um, I think the unfortunate part of this is it it leads to uh, when you have officiating that's as inconsistent as this, it leads to a couple of things. First off, and you addressed this earlier, is there a bias against my team or my city? You know, as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, there's times where I've thought, well, what the hell? Like, shouldn't they be biased for us? Like, they, they would want us to advance. We're a big market team. Um, but it feels like they're against you. Um, teams like, you know, Boston used to roll into Toronto and do whatever they wanted. And we're like, as fans, we're like, wait a second. That's not legal. But Boston knew the rules and how to work the system. But for fans, I think they start to get a little bit apathetic. And then some of them go as far as to say, and this is a new thing on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen this or not. And it started with the NFL. It's kind of made its way into the NBA and now in the NHL that there's a script. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but people are actually claiming this is a conspiracy theory, a real thing. People believe there's like a script and that the and, and this is where bad officiating leads us, you know? Oh, for sure. And and if there were a script, you want Los Angeles to keep going. Yeah. If there was a script, you want the New York Rangers to keep going. If there's a script, you want the Boston Bruins to keep going, right? You don't want Florida. You mm-hmm. don't want Edmonton. Edmonton, superstar players, but are they really marquee for the NHL marquee Stanley Cup finals? You know, Tampa, those aren't the markets that, I mean, the, the NHL's dream is New York Rangers in the finals. Um, there was never interest in a Stanley Cup final since 1994 and the Rangers winning the cup that we have seen since. And there have been some you know, great cup winners, mm-hmm. no disrespect to anybody. You go back to 94 and what it was like with the Rangers in the finals and ultimately winning the cup. I, I mean, hockey penetrated at that time into the mainstream. Everyone was following the Rangers, celebrities, all of the big shows, um, ESPN. It was, it was, it, it, it leaked into everything. It did. And right. And how many, how many, Years has it been since the New York Rangers got back to the Stanley Cup Finals since. And had there been a script, they'd have been there. Every every year. <laughs> every year. Every year. New York, LA, New York, Chicago, you know, they would be like that. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess to, you know, uh I, I wanted to, you know, to kind of keep the conversation going here. I'm glad you dispelled the script myth. I'm sure the NHL appreciates that. But um uh you did Gary a solid there, Alan. 
Well, um, you know, that's that's why I'm here is to help Gary out. <laughs> so what else? Is there any other points that you want to make here on? And, and again, we're, we're not expecting perfection, but we are striving for it in this alternate reality that we're, we're operating under. Is there anything else that you would do? Or do you think those those things that you've already given us would give us 80% better, 90% better? Can we expect something like that if there's ever a change in leadership? Um, I, I, I think change in leadership in the NHL is inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of when. There have been some very forward-thinking, progressive people who came to the NHL. Uh, John Collins comes to mind, a guy who was very much a visionary who didn't have the battle scars of, of labor um, attached to him, who, who was innovative. And, and, uh, you know, if, if the, if the torch had been passed to him many years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I think the NHL would be in a much different and much better place than it is right now. I mean, you still have the old guard. How many years has Gary been there? How many years has Bill Daly been there? How many years has Coley Campbell been there? And um, you still very much still have the dinosaurs running the thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, a, it's a different world. It really is. And until a new generation of people move into a position of leadership at the NHL level, we're left dealing with what we got, right? Okay. Because, because again, power is so centralized in the NHL. It's so obsessively, obsessively centralized, and it's all about control. And until some of that is released and, and issues like officiating amongst several issues that are out there but until you can look at the problem look at the situation and say okay we're all going to work together to fix this now and let's think outside the box let's brainstorm let's do things that maybe people haven't thought of before or haven't thought of implementing before and let's try it out in the minors um in exhibition season or to start a season in the East coast league like this. And let's watch. You've got um, a laboratory of of two, of two leagues to try this stuff on. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's, it's not being done and it's not being used. You also have major junior as well, right? You can always try the the CHL. Uh, You can try the NCAA. Uh, you can request these things. So, so I, I guess to sort of to wrap it up a little bit here, um, because I think it's you know it's important when we we do this show, we do this for hardcore fans. We do this for fans who want a genuine inside look at the NHL that you know they're not going to get because you know most people that are pundits on TV or on the radio are former this or former that. Uh, you are an active agent in the NHL. You speak to general managers every day. You speak to players every day. You speak to the people that really kind of pull the strings all the time. In your opinion, is there anything that a fan, hardcore or not, can do to move this process along? No. Nothing the fans can do. But, 
you know, what, what the officials should be doing is calling more, not less. Mm -hmm. Um, Standards will change. Mm -hmm. The players will adjust. Um, In the playoffs, you have more desperation. Um, Penalties are not being called. And what is ultimately happening is the game's brightest stars are being stifled. And that's the crux of the issue and what needs to be fixed. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. So no amount of Twitter petitioning or, or complaining or any of that. It's not going to work. They're not going to listen. Nope. Don't if care. I, if I start a picket outside of Gary's house, would that work? Uh, nope. Don't Damn. care. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, Alan, I, I, uh, I think... Uh, I hope that whoever is that next person is uh, is at least paying somewhat attention to this. Um, there is a next person out there. The person out there who's going to take over the NHL next is living right now. And I hope that the, the owners have a desire for a plan for change uh, very, very soon. Because certainly the fans do. Um, and kind of, you know, we're, we're the thing that they're going after, right? They're, we're the thing they want. So um, anyway, Alan, I appreciate uh, all the insights on this one. Um, and I guess um, as much as it's a little bit painful to take in the interim, um, maybe potentially this gigantic resume of bad calls leads to change in the near nearer future. Does that make any sense? It does. Okay. It does. And, and I think that uh, there's been a lot written Mm-hmm. Um, by the media on this topic. Um, there's been a lot of uh, different opinions expressed. And I know that uh, GMs are talking about it amongst each other with agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, players are talking about it with agents. Um, I, I'm sure players are talking about it with the NHLPA. Yep. And, um, and and ultimately, it's it's going to have to be addressed. All right. Well, Alan, thank you so much for this episode. We appreciate it. And um, we're going to come back next week. And we already have the topic. Do you mind if I tease it? Is it okay? Go ahead and tease. Okay, listen. So we're coming back next week. And I'm really excited for this. Because there's a couple GM vacancies already. There will probably be more. Hopefully not by next week. We don't want anyone losing their jobs. But what are teams like the Calgary Flames and the Pittsburgh Penguins needing to look for in their next GM, and I'm going to add this on, head coach candidates as well. What's the next generation of general manager look like in the NHL? And Alan, who deals with players every day, can tell you what they need to be looking for and what they probably are looking for. So that'll be next week on AP. Alan, until then, thanks so much. This was a great show. You got it. Pleasure, as always. This has been Agent Provocateur with Alan Walsh and Adam Wild. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow Alan Walsh on Twitter at Walsh A. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts by searching Agent Provocateur and hitting the subscribe button. YouTube.com slash SDPN. 